0: Worship Catalyst Podcast www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, hello. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to episode 96 Whew. of the Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. 96. That's crazy. It is. 96 episodes. 96 and going strong.
1: So, uh, yeah, it's been a little while since we've recorded. It has. And there's been, yeah, there's been a lot of uh, changes. A lot of stuff going on. A lot of... Which we're going to
0: get to in this episode. Yeah. That, but there we, is some other stuff we need to talk about first.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> I'm nervous. Both of our schools... Oh. Are, uh,
0: ...are having a little bit of a problem.
1: Yeah, let's talk about Ohio State, yeah, all right? let's talk about Oregon. No, let's talk about <laughs> Ohio State. So Jim Tressel, because uh, we haven't talked about this, uh, he resigns, and then Terrell Pryor... Uh, essentially, what was it? He, He got, like, did he get kicked out or?
0: Well, no, he was on a suspension.
1: He was on suspension, but then he voluntarily just left. Yeah. Okay. And, well, he wanted to go in the draft, which he did. But but he went in the, the uh, supplemental yeah the supplemental. I was gonna say mm-hmm. the midseason. So the supplemental draft, because I I was um I was watching a football an uh, NFL preseason football game and they were talking about the supplemental draft is kind of the draft where all the the people who had grade troubles or or suspension troubles right. go in the supplemental draft. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: so, you know, and I was the, the day before the draft, I was going to post something nasty about him on Facebook. Like I was going to say, I hope he doesn't go and he ends up, you know, not being able to play football this year. And, (laughs) but then, whoa, that's my phone. That's cool. We will be right back. Okay. We're back. Back. Um,
1: so you were going to post something on Facebook? Yeah. And
0: so what I, so I... Went on there the day, you know, he got drafted to the Raiders.
1: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah.
0: And and so I went on to Facebook and I said, You know, I was gonna get on here and post all kinds of negative stuff about Terrell Pryor and how I wanted him to you know, to be punished for a long time for for g- getting Jim Trestle fired and and then then he got drafted to the Raiders and he's gonna <laughs> be punished for the next several <laughs> years. So <laughs> And I said the man. only thing worse would be if he actually if he went to the Cincinnati Bengals where he's oh. playing for a bad team, a bad owner, and he would get booed every time he was out on yeah. the field. So
1: yeah, yeah, not not too much worse than the Raiders, but um, <laughs> man, yeah. So so Ohio State, man, like just um. Here's the thing: ESPN just blew it out of proportion. But see, but that's coming from an Ohio State fan. Yeah, but see,
0: like they're not doing nearly what they did. To Tressel, to anyone like to to uh, Kelly,
1: who oh, I Chip mean,
0: Kelly. I mean, they talked about Jim Tressel every day <laughs> for five months, <laughs> and 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 his offense was that he didn't turn in the players. Well, he had knowledge of it, is
1: what they're saying.
0: Yeah, which you know, if you know the whole story, which ESPN doesn't tell you the whole story. The whole what, story. Okay, what's is, the whole story? Is that he got a letter from from team lawyers saying this is confidential. You're not supposed, you shouldn't pass this on to anyone. You know, you you are under certain, you know, agreements to, to keep this under wraps. And so it's like, and so, and, and he also was trying to handle it as a coach and deal with it on his own. And so, you know, there's, there's other parts to the story where he was actually trying to do the right thing and the best thing for his players. And, and
1: Mm. so anyway, Jim Tressel been there a long time, hadn't he? Not not as long. I mean, oh.
0: 10 years maybe. That's pretty long. But, I mean, I think he would have been there for 30.
1: Yeah, he then. would have been like a, a lifetime coach yeah. type
0: thing. And I think, you know, I think, in my opinion, best coach ever at the highest. Well, I know
1: you had a lot of respect for him. Does, it, does this change your level of respect for him? No. No? No, because
0: I know, I think I know what actually happened. Mm. Oh, I could be wrong. Yeah. But, but you know nobody at ESPN likes Ohio State and never has oh come on no, the only people that let, that will ever talk positively <laughs> about Ohio State are are former Ohio State players who are, oh. who are there everyone else like especially Mark May it doesn't matter how good they are even if they're even the year they went to the championship and won the whole season he talked poorly <laughs> about how bad they were it's <laughs> like dude we won the national championship how bad can we be you know? oh but, um, no, so there's just, there's always been a negative bias because they're, they're like, they're a good team. They're
1: like the big school, you know? Yeah. And good team, big school, big stadium. So, big football.
0: And, and they just, they just decided to, to make an example. They wanted to prove something. But now, but now there's going to be repercussions for that for you. <laughs> And for any other team like LSU, which I think is starting to go through some of this. Oh no, the Tigers? Yeah. And so like... I didn't hear about this. And so, you know, whatever happened, you know, you may not have Chip Kelly as your head coach much longer.
1: Man. So, um, yeah, I mean, it is a tough thing, college college sports and athletics, because, you know, they they try to... They try to set this precedence of you know we we want these to be college students, not professional athletes. Um, but I mean, it's hard because the the media and the fans and the world, for that matter, almost elevates them like professional athletes. Mm-hmm. You know, I no, mean,
0: the people who criticize the people the most are the ones who also put them in the spot. Like mm-hmm. it's ESPN who who puts these people these players up at this you know this fame level that they shouldn't really be at because they're just in college. Right. And then they, and then they, you know, chastise the schools for (laughs) (laughs) the position that they're in. So, but like, but I have to say, you know, not, not telling something like that is not as bad as, as knowing that you have agents going out and recruiting with money players to come play at your school. That's a whole different level.
1: What, the, um, so the agents, the agents, sorry, back that up. So the agents recruiting players for money. Yeah.
0: There's money involved with bringing players to that's what's in the Oregon
1: thing. Right. Like, but, but, um, but like, were they offering them money to, I don't know all the details cause I don't really care cause it's Oregon. <laughs> so
0: i just, from what I've heard from people talking about it, is, huh. that, is that there's money with agents, you know, scouting, which I think is also against the rules or mm. something. I don't know.
1: See, I, and part of my problem is I just don't know all these, all the rules. There seems to just be an unusual amount of rules with college football. And like I said, it's hard because these, these uh, students are elevated uh, in everyone's eyes as professional athletes, but then there's a million rules to try to keep them as students. Yeah. So it's this really tough balance. Yeah. They just need to get rid of those rules. I mean, (laughs) but the, the problem, if you get rid of the rules, then you, you get a lot of, I think underhand shady type business and deals and,
0: well, it's, it's kind of like the legalizing marijuana debate, I guess, you know, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. But, but yeah, you yeah. know, I think the I think the the rules, the good thing about the rules is that it, it kind of at least in some way keeps the playing field a little bit more level mm-hmm. for smaller schools mm-hmm. so that there can be Boise states being talked about.
1: Yeah, anywhere. everyone's talking about Boise State, you know. They're on, they're on like everyone's top 5 list. Yeah. I am I'm, I'm way way over
0: the Boise State thing. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You
1: you you don't like Boise State because because they play in the the walk, you know. They they play in that uh conference that is kind of a weak conference. Yeah. And, I
0: think if they if they played in the Pac-10, I would and they were and they played Pac, like
1: Pac-12, Pac-12. Pac-12, no. If they
0: played in the Pac-12 and they played the same way and and walloped everybody in the Pac-12, I yeah. would have respect for them. Yeah. But when you're going out there beating, you know, like...
1: Hawaii and... Well, not even
0: Hawaii, like like some no-name school <laughs> out of New Mexico that's not even one of the state schools, like, really? <laughs> Why do you even care? I mean, they might as well be playing high schools. Yeah. Junior colleges, so...
1: Yeah. But they have, a uh, well, Kellen Moore, I mean, he's... I mean that guy's a that that guy's a good quarterback. Yeah, but isn't he
0: like a twelfth year senior or something? I <laughs> no, mean, he's, he's been there forever.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think he's twelfth year. Maybe a fifth year senior, but I don't think he's twelfth. <laughs> he's year been around for a
0: long time. <laughs> and before the guy they had before that the guy that won the oklahoma game uh, he was old too he was like 33 years old or something <laughs> I mean, he was ancient like he came out of the canadian football league and then went to school at boise state and played uh, I, i'm pretty sure that's what happened
1: uh, i i don't know i don't and know so
0: but he's the one that did that like behind the back you know thing that won the game for oh them. the fiesta bowl yeah.
1: yeah the statue of liberty yeah, play yeah. man that that was uh i well, was rooting
0: for boise state that were year, you good for yeah. you
1: no that was one of the most exciting bowl games i'd ever yeah. watched i mean uh, not it,
0: as exciting as the ohio state national championship
1: game well of course double, you double would, overtime y- yeah I mean, it's hard to argue with that this was double overtime too yeah um, so and, this was national championship. So, yeah, I, I guess so. No, but, um, yeah, it's just, I remember that, you know, it was like 2006 or 2007, whatever year it was. And and I remember just watching that game and just being like on the edge of my seat, you mm-hmm. know? And, and it was one of those games where it didn't even matter if you were a football fan or not, or who you wanted to win. It was just an exciting game. Yeah. It was just yeah. an exciting game.
0: But anyway, it was a real sad summer for me when Joe yeah. resigned. Cause I mean, Ohio State is. Oh, sorry. We just had the GarageBand disk is slow error, like we used to get all the time. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So how did you ever fix that? We stopped using GarageBand. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we started using Pro Tools. Oh, and, that's uh, how. That's that's how but, we got
1: rid of the the slow thing.
0: But yeah, you know, I'll, I'll end my trestle thing with this. Here we go most BCS games ever in in the history of BCS and uh, national championships. I mean, they won one, but they went like three, four times. I mean, that's, that's good. That's good. Uh, There's what other schools done that? They're a good
1: team. No, for sure. I I mean, I, I think, you know, whether or not you're an Ohio state fan, I mean, you, you know, Ohio state's a good team. Although, I mean, this year they, they aren't in anyone's top 10 list. Yeah, they're ranked 18th.
0: I, you know, I could, we could all be surprised. I mean, sure. It's still a great team. It's still a solid group of
1: kids. But isn't it because, like, there's a whole new, like, whole, like, rookie, whole new rookie offensive line and, and a new quarterback and, well, new quarterback,
0: obviously, since yeah, Terrell Terrell, went yeah. to NFL, which is fine with me. <laughs> um, uh, and, but there are still a few players who have a suspension for the first five games, first uh. six games that, that they will come back, but, and, but new head coach, but, uh, you know, we could all be surprised and he could be an awesome head coach. Yeah. And what's his name again? I think it's Luke
1: fickle. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. I, I watched, I watched some, uh, uh, college football preview thing on CBS the other week and they're interviewing him and. You know, I am that's a tough, you got to feel bad for for that guy. I mean, that's a tough place to go into. Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, the team is falling apart. Would you like to be coach? Um, (laughs) So.
0: They also, I think it was Mike Vrabel. They brought back like one of the big linebackers who went, who played for Ohio State and then was a big hit in the NFL. Mm. I think it might have been Vrabel. And now I think he's back as a a linebacker, defensive coach or something. Oh, cool. So there's some cool things going on. There you go. All right, so anyway.
1: Okay. We're so,
0: using GarageBand because we are
1: Yeah, tell tell me. them. Tell the listeners, David. So, it,
0: I I I put up a post on the blog a, a while ago, but just to kind of give everyone a heads up. Um so I ended my time at Gateway on August 13th and 14th was my last week in there and started full-time. So many of you remember I got cut to part-time last October. So
1: Was it October? It was almost a year. You yeah. were part time. Well we
0: found out in August and then October was actually when I started. So getting, it's been a year yeah. since
1: you've known Wow, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it'd been that long. Yeah, so so we've been kind of
0: trying to figure out what we're gonna do anyway for the last year and uh God opened this Man, amazing door. At, praise uh, the Lord. The Vancouver First Church of God. It's yeah, in Vancouver. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the only <laughs> worship job in Vancouver. Yeah, that has been around. For, I mean, that's been up for people to get in the last year mm-hmm. and, and God opened the doors through connections between Laura Wood and, and me yeah. and Becky and uh, a couple at Laura Wood loaned us their, their, uh, their vacation house in Sun River. that's kind of how the whole relationship started. But Becky's been working with her over at Laura Wood with VBS yep. and your wife. Yep. Um, And, and so they knew the situation and, And her husband is friends with the executive pastor here at my new church. And they were out to breakfast one day and he said, hey, I'm going to start looking for a worship pastor. This guy says, hey, I know somebody.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's really cool. I mean, because, um, you know, obviously David and I, we've been, uh, you know, uh, podcasting for uh, years now. I mean, um, you know, three years. Yeah, I know. Right. We've been podcasting for years. Longest Um, running worship
0: ministry podcast on the earth
1: go us. (laughs) Um, no, we've been podcasting for years and, um, you know, we, uh, you know, we've known each other for even longer than that. And, you know, I mean, some more backstory, David actually used to lead worship on on an interim basis at Laurelwood, which Mm -hmm. is where I'm at now. So, you know, it's just crazy that there's just so much kind of connection and history. Um, you know, so yeah, it's like David was, Uh, you know, David was, uh, was doing worship at Laurelwood and, and, uh, through me, you know, still has connections with Laurelwood and my wife and David's wife. uh, have worked together doing children's stuff at Laurelwood Mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and then through that, like just kind of news through the grapevine about this position here at the first church of God. Um, and now here you are, man. Here I am. And funny thing, I, our family went to this church that's right. You yeah. said that. That's when
0: right. I, I was a baby. I yeah, was like, obviously
1: you have no memory of it. Yeah,
0: I'm, I have no recollection, but they do. My parents do, and uh, my brother does. My brother remembers playing the spoons at a talent night with the senior pastor at the time. <laughs> yeah, so, like, you know, kind of a cool thing. And uh, my parents have lots of memories. They were in the, involved in the music, and there are still people here who knew... My parents Wow, in. so it's kind of cool. how about that but uh yeah, <laughs> a, a bigger church, about a thousand to twelve hundred people, and yeah, um, man, Huge. two services uh two different styles, I should say, contemporary and traditional and um but yeah, I'm really excited to be here,
1: you know, uh, one of these days, probably not today, but we should do a podcast on on uh what what that looks like, you know, having two different services uh because you know they're I'm sure there's a number of churches that do that that have a traditional mm-hmm. and a contemporary service. And then of course there's a lot of churches that just do one lifestyle, one blended mm-hmm. or whatever. Um so one of these days we should we should yeah. uh do a podcast uh, about the dynamics of that, mm-hmm. how to do it, uh if you should, how to make it effective. Yeah, we should um, but for today we thought it would be very apropos uh if um if we actually spend some time talking about what do you do when you're uh, the new kid on the block, when, when you are um new at a church, when you're trying to get a, a feel for the land. Um I've been at Laurelwood for, uh all, you know, over five years, uh, almost five and a half years. Wow. Yeah. Um, it doesn't seem like that. I know. Right. It doesn't. Yeah. It was May. Um, so not, yeah, not quite five and a half years. I but still
0: very clearly remember warning you of some people.
1: I know. Outside I, of I the, I yeah. <laughs> right from the
0: library. We were on the ramp of the yeah. library. But I, I felt bad. I felt awful about that afterwards because I didn't know like <laughs> how far along you were in the process. I, cause I just knew you were thinking about yeah. it like, but you had actually been very far along in the process yeah. at that point in time. No, I, I mean felt guilty it, afterwards.
1: No, it, it was, it was good. You know, it's one of those things where you, you don't want to be caught by surprise. And I, I think I told you, I, um, uh, I'm sure I, I can't remember if I did, but uh ironically like the the week after I got hired um uh, I got a call from one of those people, you know, <laughs> and uh, he called me and wanted to you know talk all about choir and stuff, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know i'm like oh yeah david David warned me about mm-hmm. this guy, <laughs> so no it, it's all good, um so yeah, five and a half years. Um, at Laurelwood, but you know, at one point I was brand new there Mm -hmm. and you know, I I can still look back, even though it's been a little while, I can look back and remember just that first Monday I came in, it was, it was May 16th, 2006. And I remember being like, Oh man, what, what do I do? You know? (laughs) Um, and and I think, you know, probably for a lot of people listening, uh, who are worship pastors or maybe they're interim worship pastors or part-time, you know, everyone at one point has kind of been in that first day's place, or maybe you're listening and you aren't a worship pastor yet. Maybe one day you're going to be, or you want to be, and you know, to just kind of, to kind of know, all right, where, where do I go? What do I do? Um, so David, so yeah. you've been here for two weeks now. One week. One week.
0: Yeah. I started last Tuesday.
1: Ah, uh, so it's only been, so you're, you're on your second week, I should say. Yep. This is your second week on the mm-hmm. job. Um, what, what kind of things can you, uh, can you tell us? Well, like
0: for me, the, the, and this is a a leadership thing, you know, John Maxwell says this in, in leadership books and stuff, but like, for me, the big thing is just building relationships. And I think that's really like the whole first year as is that, you know, getting to know people and building, you know, he says, and it's cheesy and we've all heard it a thousand times, but you know, people don't care how much you know until they know Not how much, much you, you care. care. Right. And as cheesy and cornballish as that is, it's true. Yeah. And you know, people want to know that you are there for them as people, and to build relationships and to be friends with them before they will give themselves to you. You know, before they'll bend over backwards, I should say. Mm-hmm. Like they might, they might come alongside you and do this or that, but but like if they're going to really commit themselves to a ministry that they're serving in, like, you know, they want to know that you are there for them and not that you're not just filling a slot. Yeah. And so like, so that's going to be what most of this first initial, I don't know how long it's going to be. I don't know how long it's going to take to really get to know people and to earn their trust, but that's going to be the first thing for me. But at the same time, there is kind of a grace period too, I think. Sure. Where it's like, Oh, we'll cut him some slack. <laughs> He's like, new. Yeah, he doesn't know how things go around here. So it's okay if he doesn't do what we want him to do. Well,
1: you know, it's, it's interesting looking back on like my, my first several months at Laurelwood. Um, you know, I, I remember there's just a lot of things. I was just very ignorant or unaware of. And a lot of things that I, I look back and I'm like, man, I can't believe I did that, you know, but, but I think it was, again, it was okay because I was new um, you know, I remember like there was, it was like my second or third month. Um, there, there was one Sunday when uh, the, the guy running the lights and the videos and, and all that stuff, uh, he forgot to turn the stage lights on, you know? And so we just, we, the entire service was just, you know, with no stage lights. And I never really thought about <laughs> it, you know, now if that were to happen, I'd be like, you know, right. I'd be like, Hey, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's like, but, she, but it's just, it's interesting because, you know, at, at the time it wasn't anything that was really even on my radar, right. you know, it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't like I was very aware of the stage lights or even the settings, you know, cause we have a di- couple different settings for our stage lights and, um, you know, I wasn't even really aware of lights or the settings or, you know, I was just trying to lead the worship and, and, you know, not suck, you right. know? Um, and, and so, uh, you know, I, I think those are the, the kind of things that, uh, when you start, you know, they, they may, it may not all come at once and you may not even be aware of everything at once. Um, but, but you have grace, I think.
0: Yeah. And that's, and that's one thing I'm doing differently than I've done before. You know, usually when I go in, I, you know, it's like, I want to make sure we have really good bands and stuff the first few weeks so that people don't think yeah, it was a big mistake hiring this guy. But I'm not doing that this time. Right now, I'm just I'm just going through the list of people that I that I have here, and I'm just going to try and play with everyone over the next three or four weeks. Yeah, and and just you know get to know them as much as I can in that time period before I start building you know groups and stuff. But then you know, for me, that's going to be important because I don't I haven't played with everyone. Right. So I'm going to play with them and figure out where everyone is so I don't put together a bunch of people who who need to be developed all on one team. Yeah. Cause you know, we've talked about that before. Yeah. You like to have a couple of solid people and put a person you're developing in with those solid people so that they are kind of forced to, you know, raise their shoulders up with those those people. But if you have them all down there, there's no one to kind of lift the lid of the group. And so, um, so that's going to be kind of what I'm doing, but what do you think? I mean, what do you think I should be doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think, uh, just keep doing what you're doing. No, I think that, um, you know, I, I think what you said is a really key point, developing those relationships, getting to know the people, uh, you know, something that I, I tried, um, you know, I, I tried to do very intentionally at Laurelwood, you know, was get to know the older people because I, I went into Laurelwood, uh, you know, I was twenty twenty four, 24, um, you know, 24 when I got hired, uh, full time and, um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people, you know, probably, you know, I, I look You're just a youngster. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, I do. I look young. I, you know, I'm kind of small. Uh, you know, still kind of have a, a baby He's face. Just or a little kid. Yeah, I'm just a little snot nosed kid. Who is this guy? <laughs> so you know, I tried to get to know a lot of the older people and just you know uh, introduce myself and and share some stories and listen to them. And you know, Mel and I, um, you know, we we didn't have any kids at that point and. Um, you know, uh, when, when, when we had our first daughter, Callie, uh, about a year later, um, you know, I think that, that really helped in terms of, uh, you know, people identifying, uh, like, oh, it's so cute, you know, you have a kid. And, um, but in the meantime, I would just say, yeah, relationships, uh, and also getting to know those on staff, you know, get, um, not just relationships with those in the church. You need to know the people that you're working with because those are the people that you're serving alongside, that you're ministering with and serving with.
0: Yeah, it's really you know, a lot of people use the term silos and silos of ministry. It's real easy to kind of just build your silo and be trapped in it. And sure you can be right next to someone else in their ministry and, and not have any idea what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> and that's so, yeah, that's important to, to connect with them. And like children's directors right next to me, that's her office right ah, over there. And there so, we go. I need to connect with her and figure out what she's got going on, how we can support one another and yeah yeah, stuff like that.
1: But yeah, you know, just having that dialogue, having that conversation is good. Um and then, you know, I, I think the second thing that is always really important when you, you know, get to to somewhere new, um it's just kind of figure out what what the standard operating procedure is. And just so you kind of know, okay, what, what has been done here? What, what does it normally look like? You know, how does it normally flow? And then you can kind of start evaluating that and say, okay, now how do I, how do I want to change this? You Mm -hmm. know? Um, like, you know, at Laurelwood, when I first got there, you know, um, I got my hands on that database that had the list of all the songs mm-hmm. and I started looking at the songs and saying, okay, what songs are they not doing, you know, that, that they should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, introducing new songs that, that are important staples uh, in my worship catalog uh, introducing them at Laurelwood. Um, and then also finding out, you know, the, like you were saying, the players, you know, who are the players? uh, you know, who, who do I have, who can I start recruiting? Um, you know, I mean, at, at the time, uh, you know, I remember there, there was a couple of, uh, you know, young 13 year old guys, uh, like Austin who wanted to play drums, you know? And so I started working with him on drums and, you know, now he's, uh, you know, 17 and, and a phenomenal drummer, you mm-hmm. know? And that's just from like four, you know, five years of mm-hmm. just working, playing, uh, and, you know, he's come a long way.
0: Mm-hmm yeah that's it's amazing to look back and see just you know some of the people that you started off with in, in certain churches or something and then all of a sudden right. there are these these mature yeah. musicians yeah so well, that's about all the time we have <laughs> Is that <laughs> yeah.
1: it? all right well you know,
0: goodbye yeah we haven't we haven't done this in a while we i we're, know we're we're yeah. a little rusty, yeah
1: <laughs> we're but, out of uh, shape.
0: So, if you have advice for me
1: uh, or other
0: worship leaders who who may be going through this right now or going through it in the future, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, if if you send us some information, we'll we'll put it online and maybe even talk about it in the future episode yeah. of the podcast. So. You can get in touch with us at www.WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. You can email us at David at or
1: Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com.
0: You can follow us on Facebook.com slash WorshipMinistryCatalyst or Twitter.com slash wm I got yeah. it right this time. Um, and also, if you're joining us from MinistryMatters.com, welcome. It's great to have you here with us. Thank Spread you. Spread the word. Spread we, it. We love to hear from you. So that'll do it that'll wrap up episode 96 all right we'll talk to you soon bye